First Timothy chapter six. And uh, we are coming to the end of uh, First Timothy. We're just in the final bits here of the final chapter of First Timothy. And uh, in this wonderful letter from Paul that, that um, is speaking to his young protege, uh, this young man, Timothy, who is continuing on the work uh, there in, in, um, in Ephesus. Uh, to be able to uh, speak into the lives of, of the, the church that is there uh, to help uh, respond and deal with um, some of the struggles that are going on in that congregation, uh, to be able to appoint leaders, those that are in charge of, of the church, to, uh, to guide him in, in how to carry out his task as, as a shepherd, as a, um, as a guide in that, in that congregation. And um, it's just been so much that, uh, uh, that Paul is passing on. And, and these are just some of the, uh, the, the final words. Um, um, we're going to start reading here at uh, verse 3. And he's just gone through and talked about um, different relationships that there are. Chapter 5 is, is relationships within the church and, and how those, how he is a, as Timothy as a pastor is to relate to those people, but how uh, the people within the church are to relate to one another. And, and he kind of closes that off and, and finishes that off with verse 2 in chapter 6 where he says, teach and urge these things. Um, and then he goes on in verse 3 to say, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teachings that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions and, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gains. Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, and into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, Flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Lord, as we focus our attention here on this passage, just pray, God, that you would um, help us to understand what it is that, uh, that you want us to see here in these words, to glean the message that you have for our hearts and our lives today, so that we can go from this place um, living a life that is a clear reflection of you, that, that brings honor and glory to you, uh, that is a, an effective witness and testimony in our world uh, that so desperately needs to hear from you, that so desperately needs uh, to have their life transformed by your love and by your truth. So we pray that you would guide us here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> It is kind of interesting how, how Paul here in this letter bookends, in some ways, his letter with, with these two phrases. We, we've got it here at the end in, in uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 12, where he says, fight the good fight of the faith. Um, but you remember when we first started off in Timothy, in, in the first chapter of Timothy in verse 12, um, oh, I'm sorry, verse 18, not verse 12. Um, he says, I char this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So Paul is starting off his instructions to Timothy about waging the good warfare. And he comes to the conclusion here of this letter where he, where he calls Timothy to, to fight the good fight of the faith. Um, do, you, do you get the sense that there is a struggle in our walk with Christ? But the promise that Jesus has that, that, that when we are made new in his blood, in his death and in his resurrection, that there is a battle going on. And, and we know that there, uh, there is a spiritual battle that happens in this world around us, that we have an enemy who is determined to, uh, to destroy our faith, who, who does everything that he can to try and, and distract us from our attention on Christ, who, who works hard at, at uh, throwing those accusations at us that would discourage us um, from knowing Jesus, from following Jesus. We know that there's that spiritual battle with uh, the enemy. We also recognize that around us, we live within a world that is, um, that is bound and determined to do everything that they can to turn their back on God, um, to have nothing to do with God, to, to establish for themselves uh, that, that they are the ultimate sovereign um, 
decision-making within their life, within, uh, within their sphere of influence, that they don't want anybody to tell them what's right. And, and, and so there is that influence as well in our lives that is moving us um, away from Christ and towards uh, that idea of humanism, of, of humans being the center of all things. And there's, and that's a battle. Um, but I think here in this passage, in many ways, Paul is, is, is talking about that other battle that is going on within each and every one of us that he talks about in Galatians chapter five, where he, he talks about how uh, the flesh are our sinful nature and the spirit are at war with each other are battling against each other and there is within us that um that tendency towards focusing on doing our own thing on following ourselves. and paul is encouraging timothy to fight the good fight of the faith um, uh, to to stand firm in the midst of that battle um, so that um that God would be praised, that he would be able to follow through on that good confession that he, that he made in front of, of many witnesses. Verse, uh, the last part there of, of verse 12, where he says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Um, he connects that with the very same confession that Jesus was making before Pilate. Uh, verse 13 says, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. Uh, what is that good confession that Paul is talking about? Um, if we look back at, at, um, the, the different accounts in, in the Gospels of Jesus' um, uh, trial before Pilate, uh, we can see uh, again and again the, the, the one thing that is constant in the recording of all of those different accounts, whether it's in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is, is Pilate's question, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus' response is, um, something about like you say so or um, so be it or um, yes it is. Uh, I think probably the the most in-depth uh, part of that conversation is recorded in John's gospel. If you've uh, again got your Bibles turn to John chapter 18. John chapter 18 verses uh, 33 to 37. So uh, Pilate has been um, uh, um, talking to Jesus and, and, and um, Pilate says, there's, there's, there's nothing that I see against him. And, and the, the, the religious elite continue to press him. And so verse 33, so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and your chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? 
And Jesus answered, and I think this is the good confession. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. And then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. And for this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So that good confession that, that Paul is talking about, that Timothy made, that Jesus made before Pilate, is that Jesus is the king. That he is the one who is sovereign over all things in this world. And that he is sovereign in all things in my life. That, that in, in, in the midst of all of the, the, uh, the temptations, the the. Um, the appeals that our world makes to us, the attacks that Satan would throw at us, that we are absolutely committed to following Christ, who is the King, who is our King, and who is our truth. So Paul continues to build on that. And, um, and he says, verse 11, he says to, to Timothy, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness and godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Pursue steadfastness. Pursue gentleness. I don't know about you, but I, in, in that list that he, that he gives there, I'm, I'm reminded of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, the character of Christ that is revealed in his followers as they focus their attention on the spirit, as they follow the leading of the spirit and, and um, uh, walk in his ways, that, uh, that through that there is uh, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here we see a very similar kind of of, of lists that Paul is giving to Timothy, that these are the things that we should pursue. Um, this idea of, of righteousness, of, of walking in a right relationship, a, a right relationship with God, which then translates into a right relationship with others. It translates into a right relationship with our world, and it's a right relationship with ourselves, that we would pursue godliness. Uh, to, to look like God, to live like God, to, to say the things, to do the things that God would do. Uh, that we would pursue faith. Um, and, and that is such a, a key component in, in, in what we are pursuing, on what we are chasing after. Um, because it is only through our faith in what Christ has done, in, in trusting in him to be uh, the source of our godliness and our righteousness, that we have any hope of being able to achieve those first two things that we are pursuing. Um, that it's only as we put our trust in Jesus that we follow him that we would be able to do that. And then uh, combined with that is love, that we would pursue love. That's something that, that, that the world claims to do. That, that, that the people around us claim that they are seeking to love others, to be tolerant of others. 
um, uh, that, that they want just to be kind to everyone. And yet we know that, that love, the love that, that is true love that, that Christ gives us is a sacrificing love. That it puts aside our needs, our rights, our wants in order to be able to pursue serving others. To do the things that are best for other people, not necessarily what is in our best interest. That's a very different kind of love. Um, that's a love that, that characterizes us as believers, each one of us in the way that we interact with each other, that we would sacrifice ourselves in order to serve the needs of those who are in this fellowship and within uh, the greater church um, around the world. But it is also just as Christ sacrificed himself for a world that was bent on his destruction, that was determined to, uh, to eradicate him from this, uh, from this life, that, that has rebelled against him, that that is the very same love that we have that would seek to do good and to bless those who are bound and determined for our own destruction those that are seeking to rob us of those rights, those freedoms, uh, to love those that are seeking to, uh, to undermine our faith, uh, those that, uh, that are, are looking to, uh, to create lies about who we are, um, to destroy our reputation, that we would love those people, that we would sacrifice ourselves in order to be able to serve the needs of those individuals and that we would also pursue steadfastness and gentleness all of these things are key components um, to to living and following christ that when we have our attention in the right place where we are listening to the good shepherd uh, to his voice where he leads and guides us and and we keep our steps in his steps to follow where he is leading us but then our lives will reflect these things that that we will be seen to be a righteous godly faithful loving steadfast gentle people and that we would live out his plans and purposes for us he talks about in that first uh part of the of the passage here uh, one of the things one of the key components that has destroyed uh, many folks who who thought that they wanted to follow jesus and it's that love of money uh, materialism and we see it run rampant in our world today of of those who are uh, enthralled with the pursuit of riches rather than the pursuit of christ and he talks about how it is that love uh, that has caused so many to wander away from faith and, and to, to pierce themselves with many pangs. But instead, we pursue Christ. We pursue following the Holy Spirit. So the question is, what are you pursuing today?
What are the things of this world that have grabbed your attention? That has been breaking your focus off the true pursuit of pursuing Christ, of knowing him more and more. Have, have you fallen for the lie of materialism, of building wealth for yourself? And that can look like so many different things. And, and many of us have so little, and yet even in that little, that can become an overwhelming um, focus of our lives, of, of trying to make the most of what we have, of, of, of grasping onto every penny so that, we, uh, so that we don't get ourselves into a financially dangerous place. Have we allowed that pursuit of materialism to grab a hold of our lives? Has it been our pursuit of friends? And in this, this time when, when, when we have been isolating ourselves, when we are unable to gather together in, in um, uh, worship together and in, in, in congregation together and, and, and not even to be able to go over to each other's homes to enjoy that fellowship, has, has our pursuit of friends and fellowship and socializing has that been the thing that has grabbed our attention? That has become king in our lives, the things that we have been seeking after? What about family? Has family been, become so important that it is replacing Christ in your life? The spending time together at the, at the uh, expense of of focusing your attention on Christ? Have, have you become um, uh, so caught up in, um, in, in keeping your family um, together in these difficult times that that has uh, become the thing that you pursue? Uh, comfort, um, uh, comfort, security, has that been something that you have been pursuing? Freedom, uh, your own uh, freedom to express your, your rights as a, as a Canadian citizen, has that become the thing for you that you have been pursuing after? Let me encourage you uh, to, to just as, as Timothy made that good confession, as Christ made that good confession, that, that Jesus Christ is king in your life, that he is preeminent over all of those other concerns, and, and, and none of those are, are wrong in and of themselves to seek after. But if they become that, that primary pursuit in your life, even just a little bit, it will take you off of course. It will draw you into places where, where, you will, where you will be defeated in the fight of the faith. In these days, we as a congregation, as a church, need to focus and commit to God, to ourselves, and to each other. That we will pursue Christ that he will be king of our lives. And there will be nothing that will distract us from that focus. 
as as these days are rushing forward, as we are, are are seeing the end times become more and more fulfilled in circumstances and situations and current events around us, we need to be more single-minded in what we pursue, in what we seek after, and and what we allow to be preeminent and king in our lives. Let me encourage you to fight the good fight of the faith and to pursue Christ above all other things. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, it is so easy to allow other things to take that focus. And I confess, Lord, that the the lure of a comfortable life has had a hold on my heart. And that I have made decisions in my life to to try and and, uh, increase the comfort and security around me. And Lord, I want to make you my, my primary pursuit. That you as my king are first and foremost in in all decisions that I make. Lord, would we as a a family of of yours join together to link arms one with one another, to, to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and steadfastness and gentleness, that we would pursue you in all that we do and all that we say, and Lord, when we see a brother or a sister next to us that, uh, that would get distracted, that would be uh, falling aside, Lord, that we would be able to, uh, to shore them up, that, that we would be able to, to help encourage and with love direct them to keep their focus and their pursuit on you. And would we be uh, that people that this community needs, that this community needs to see you in this world so that we would be able to to be a lifeline into the lives of those who are bound for destruction, um, who are consumed in their own pursuits, who need to know you. Thank you for, uh, for your grace. I thank you that we can trust in your spirit to be working in our lives. And as we uh, keep our, our attention squarely fixed on you, that you will complete that good work that you have started in our lives until we come into your glorious presence and are made new or are, are, are set free from that sin nature once and for all. And we can spend all of eternity praising you, giving testimony of your goodness and in your love. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.